1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll get started right away this evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We just want to read the first four verses of the scriptures, or the chapter rather. And we're on the local church and Christian maturity tonight. And, and uh, for you that are new to the Bible study that we started about four months ago on the book of 1 Corinthians, we're calling it the church at Corinth and the church at Harvest. The church at Corinth was the most problem-filled church in the New Testament, of course, obviously. First four chapters deal with the subject of division and schism, of course. And Paul couches his words here in verse number one, and he's, beginning, he's going to start chiding them. And uh, verse number one, we'll read it here in a minute. But I want you to know that every local church is a family. Every local church is a family. And, uh, and like your family, my family, and almost everybody's family, everybody's family has... It's always other people's families that has problems. Our, our family doesn't have any problems, of course, but the truth be told, we all have problems and schisms in our own family, of course, whether it be mom against uh, uh, mom or dad against the kids or kids against uh, mom or dad or sibling against sibling or what have you. There's uh, all kinds of strife and division in families, of course. We know that by, you know, by the divorce rate, of course, and by the uh, si- simple uh, observation, of course, that that uh, there's maturity and immaturity in families, and there's some weak members and some strong members, and some, some members foster unity and love, and others foster cre- create division and chaos. And there's, when we talk about family members, there's different age groups, obviously, that comprise a family. Obviously, we have babies, and then toddlers, and children, and preteens, and teens, and young adults, and then seniors, and... and uh, Yet all are expected, and here's the punchline in regards to the introduction, if you're following the back of the worksheet to begin with, and we have introduction. All members of, of a family are expected to grow up. And uh, we'll look at Ephesians 4 in just a moment here. But let's read our scripture here tonight. Let's, we only have four verses, so let's read it together here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and reading in unison. Ready? Begin. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto car- spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? While one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? You notice the key word that you find in these verses is the word carnal. We'll talk about that in a few moments, obviously, but... Uh, the local church and the, the Christian family, we're called to grow up in Christ. Whether uh, a baby, we don't want him to be a baby forever. We want him to go, grow into a toddler. And toddler, we want him to grow into a young, uh, 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 young kid, of course, obviously, and then a tween, and then a teen, and then a young adult, and then uh, an adult, of course, a senior mature citizen, of course. And uh, we want people to grow up in Christ. Ephesians 4 tells us of God's desire in Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. And the church at Corinth is filled with a lot of, spiritually speaking, a lot of children that should have, uh, adolescent uh, 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 children that should have been adults by this time. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's many Christians that don't know their doctrine, of course, and so they're, they're carried about with every with the sleight of man and, and, uh, and uh, craftiness of others. But verse Ephesians 4.15, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, 
which is head of head, even Christ. And I have a question for us tonight in regards to spiritual maturity. Do we have to wait till we get to heaven before we grow up and for this growing up, this maturity to take place, to this perfection, this godly maturing takes place? Uh, I'm afraid we were resigned to immaturity. Many, many people, many people in the name, the name of Christ, many Christians, even in churches, and uh, it's couched with different statements, of course. And uh, well, I, I can't help it. It's the way God made me, of course. And uh, uh, we're, we have stunted growth. And I'm afraid that many times we just have a cop out that we're sinners and we're there's nothing we can do about it. But God wants us to grow in Christ. And so Paul starts off this chapter three of First Corinthians. He says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but he says, in other words, I wanted to speak unto you as spiritual, but I had to speak unto you as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He's beginning to chide them. I want to give you four things tonight. Here's a message proper, if we could. The four points is uh, four things about the carnal or the fleshly. We get our word carnivorous from, of course, that word carnal has to do, has to do with flesh. When we go to carnival, we go to fulfill our flesh, our desires of our flesh, of course. It's we're very carnal in our mind and nature, as the Bible tells us. But, uh, so the first thing that we need to understand, John 1, 12, first thing about the carnal man or the carnal Christian is John 1, 12 reminds us, but as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We are the son of God when we receive, we are sons of God when we receive Christ as our savior. In other words, we're saved. So the carnal man is a saved man or can be a saved man. Now those carnal men that are unsaved, of course, and that's uh, every, every unsaved man is a carnal man. He doesn't have a spiritual nature. But Christians can be guilty of being carnal as well. The subpoint in regards to the carnal man is saved is this. He, he has the soul of a saved man, but a mind and desire of an unsaved man. Paul, look at verse number one. And, and I, brethren... Paul's talking to the brethren at Corinth, his church at Corinth, and he calls them brethren. Uh, we use the term, you, we, we say brothers and sisters around here. Of course, it's a foreign term to people that know not Christ as their Savior, non-church-going people, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, we're, we're, we're saved by the blood of the crucified one, of course. We're saved by the blood of Christ, and it makes us brothers and sisters and part of the family of God. But uh, a saved man... He has the soul of a saved man, a carnal Christian, but a mind and a desire of an unsaved man. And the last verse of chapter 1, or chapter 2 rather, says, uh, for, who has, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that ye may in, instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And yet so many Christians are guilty of not having the mind of Christ. In Philippians 2, 5, it tells us that this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So we're having an admonishment to have the mind of Christ. And then if we were to turn to Ephesians 2, 3, we'll not turn it, let me just read it for you. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, speaking about the, the times when we were not saved and not a part of the family of God, uh, fulfilling the lust of the flesh and by fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We've received a new nature. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, what? All things become new again. So, uh, but the carnal man, Paul says, I want to talk to you as a, uh, as a spiritual Christian, but I can't. I got to talk to you as a carnal man. I know you're saved. You're my brethren. Uh, and the carnal mind, Romans 8 reminds us, this carnal mind is, is enmity against God, and the carnal mind is 
to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so the carnal man is a saved man, but his mind and desire, uh, uh, desires work like an unsaved man. Then number two, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you, verse one, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. That word carnal, again, is the word fleshly. So Roman numeral number two, the, the, the carnal man is not only, he's a saved man in many cases, but the carnal man is fleshly. And the whole, almost the whole chapter of, uh, chapter seven of Romans uh, deals with this subject of the, Bible says in Romans 7, 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, Paul said, sold under sin. And the fleshly carnal Christian, the subpoint is, he cannot gain the victory over his indwelling sin nature. And uh, Romans 6, verse 12 and 13 says this, let not therefore sin reign in your mortal body or have dominion over it, that ye should obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and his members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So who do we yield to? When we don't yield to our, our members to righteousness, uh, we, we capitulate to the, the, the flesh, and there's no victory there, of course, obviously. And so the, the carnal man is many times can be a saved man, of course, and we're supposed to have a, our soul is the Lord's, but our mind and our desires are like an unsaved man. We have the carnal man, secondly, is fleshly, and he can't gain the victory because he's dominated by his flesh. But thirdly, the carnal man is a babe or a baby. And uh, look at verse number two, of course. Uh, verse number one, it says, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk, Paul says, and not with meat. For whether ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Uh, I love a good piece of steak, of course. Everybody knows that, that knows me pretty well, of course. And, uh, but uh, I have to cut my steak in small bites nowadays. And uh, I used to be able to hunk a steak, a big hunk of steak at one time, but, uh, and wouldn't choke on it. Now I, now I am getting older, I gotta make sure I don't choke on it. But if I were to feed that piece of steak to a child and shove it down their throat, that would be Child Abuse 101, of course. They can't handle steak. They gotta have milk, of course. And so I want you to notice some characteristics. We have 10 of them here, actually. Uh, a through J, we'll do it quickly here in the next few minutes that we have. But um, some baby-like characteristics of a carnal Christian. Number one, or letter A, a tendency not to listen. A tendency not to listen. Kids know it all, of course. And, uh, you know, a little two-year-old, you know, I can do it. And uh, uh, right now we've got uh, uh, Cole. We call him Coley Coley Guacamole in our house. But uh, uh, Cole's two years old, two, not even two years old, and he can do everything all by himself now. He can't do anything by himself, but he, 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 he tries really hard, of course, and so forth, and doesn't want your help, of course. But uh, and you tell him, Cole, don't do this, don't do that, and he, he does it anyhow. He doesn't listen. Hebrews 5.11 says, of whom we have many things to say, probably the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews, and hard to utter, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Kids are know-it-alls, and sometimes adults are know-it-alls. I gave the illustration a few weeks ago. I had a Somebody called me, they just wanted to debate. I could tell, I could tell in the tone of their voice before I ever talked to them, they left a message on the answer machine and I called them back and they just wanted to debate a theological point, of course, and I could tell, and then they'd been saved supposedly for about six months, of course, and I'm not even sure if they were saved, hopefully they were, but uh, I could tell in a very short period of time, this 20-something year old knew all the answers to everything, and uh, I wasn't gonna teach him anything, and I was trying to be as kind and diplomatic as I could be, and. I, 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 I try to talk to him and uh, 
got to a point where I said, listen, I've been a pastor for 40-something years, and I've never heard anybody, uh, and what he was saying was so off the wall, I, I was trying to say, say in a diplomatic way, I've never heard anybody say, say anything like this before. And uh, right about then, the phone went click, and uh, he hung up on me, of course. You know, he already had the answers. He just wanted to, wanted to debate with me, of course. And, uh, uh, and kids, one of the tendencies of a carnal Christian is they tend not to listen. James 1 reminds us of this truth. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth, of course, and, and uh, we don't have all the answers. The older I get, the, the more I realize how much I don't know, of course, and, uh, and so uh, the, the, the babe knows everything, of course. The carnal Christian knows everything. Then uh, letter B, uh, we've already read the verse, verse 2, of course. Paul said, I had to feed you with milk and not with meat. So they have a diet of milk. If we were to turn to Hebrews 5, let me read you the verse, verse 12. It says, for when, you were at, for, the, for, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which is the first principles of oracles of God, are you become, uh, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Uh, milk is for an immature uh, child of, uh, of Christ, of course. Milk is, the Bible says, that, that we desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Nothing wrong with milk, but we need to... Milk is to the, uh, the baby what the bottle of uh, the word of God is to a newborn Christian. Every newborn Christian needs the milk of the word, but there needs time when we grow up from the word. We'll look at Ephesians 5, Romans 5 and 6 here in a few moments here, but when I think of a diet of milk... When kids are young, of course, uh, there's nothing wrong with this per se, but uh, if they have the choice between milk and chocolate milk, they, what, are they, what are they going to take every time? They're going to take chocolate milk, of course. And they want, the, they, they want the, the syrupy sweet stuff, of course. And, and that's like people, they, when they want preaching, of course, they want the, the easy stuff, of course. I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go to letter C. They have a, the carnal Christian or the babe in Christ has a tendency to like sweets, Intensity like sweets. When Jesus preached in John chapter 6 that he was the bread of life, the Bible says, uh, many said of his disciples uh, in John 6.60, uh, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And uh, Jesus said he was the bread of life. If you don't eat of him, you have no life in you, of course. And, and uh, verse 66 of John 6 says, for that time many of his disciples, from that time many of his disciples walked back and went back and walked no more with him. I have to be careful. Even tonight, I have to be careful. There might be somebody here who could choke on this, but the Catholic Church is not, uh, is not a, a gospel-preaching church. It's not a Bible-believing church, of course. And, and uh, uh, I, I remember saying some things about the Catholic Church from the scriptures, about the Bible, from the Bible, of course, and explaining where, where, where they were wrong at, of course. And I, there's more than a handful of people that I've driven off before because they weren't ready to hear it. They wanted to believe their church was was wonderful, of course, and uh, uh, so the tendency to have hear sweet things and not not uh, so-called sour things or things that are uh, they want the milk of the word, the chocolate milk of the word, and not the 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 the, the strong meat of the word. Isaiah 30. This problem has always been around here, uh, in centuries gone by. Uh, the Israelites said, "Which says to the seers or to the prophets." See not, and to prophets prophesy unto us not, uh, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. And uh, uh, I could just 
to take a quick moment here to explain, we have a cotton candy Christianity in America, I'm afraid, and around the world today. Uh, we want all the sweet stuff. We want to, what, what's Christianity? What's Christianity got in it for me? It's uh, 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 yes, it's true, and I don't apologize for this. In fact, I do this on purpose. I've learned about a school of hard knocks. We preach a little bit. I preach a little bit uh, nicer on Sunday morning than I do on Sunday night and Wednesday night. And that's because we're going to have people coming to church that have never been in church before. They're brand new Christians or they're maybe not Christians at all. And they can't handle some of the strong truth of the word of God. There's a line, no, I've never seen the movie in its entirety. I've just seen the sound, sound bites. And, uh, uh, but you can't handle the truth, that, that movie, whatever movie that was, of course. And, uh, and some people that can't handle the strong meat of the word of God. So you got to, the babes have a tendency to just like the sweets. They have a tendency to just have a diet of milk and not of meat. They have a tendency to not to listen. They already know everything. But number four, they're elementary in their thinking. In Hebrews 6, 1, let me just rapid fire it off to you. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. There's elementary in their thinking. Uh, there's the basic doctrines of the word of God, and then there's the strong meat doctrines of the word of God, of course. And I alluded to one, uh, 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 I'll touch on the Catholic Church again. There's many millions of people, no doubt, that are sincere in, in the Catholic Church, and some that, even some that are, I think are, have gotten saved, of course, but uh, there's so much damnable doctrine in the Catholic Church. Uh, Roman, Revelation 17 talks strongly about the Catholic Church, I believe, when it talks about Mystery Babylon, but that's strong meat for... Uh, uh, many people to digest, of course, but they, you need to grow up and uh, mature and be able to take on some strong meat along with the, the milk and the sweet things of the Word of God. Letter E, the uh, Bible says in, again in uh, verse number 3 of our text, 3.3, 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Letter E, is uh, babes have a tendency to be selfish, to be selfish. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty one, when Paul was speaking about the ordinance of the local, or the, the local church ordinance of Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone taketh before of his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. They, they were turning the, the love feast or the, the feast of uh, communion and they were taking, turning into a, a, one of their... Uh, uh, love feast of, of pagan gods and goddesses, of course. They were pleasing themselves, of course. Philippians 2.21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. And so a tendency to be selfish. And I, again, I'm going to be real careful even here tonight, but, you know, much preaching, especially Sunday morning preaching across America, and I'm, I'm painting with a very broad brush, admittedly. It's not, there's many thousands of good churches out there that are preaching the, the, the truth of the gospel. That's true. And it's, I'm thankful for that. But many churches are, are preaching a message that's geared towards what's in it for me? Uh, what can this church, uh, it's a consumer-driven Christianity. It's what can this church benefit me? Remember, I remember as a little boy hearing JFK's line, of course, uh, his famous uh, statement that he made, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. You know, you ought to get to a point in your church Christianity where you ask not what your church can do for you, but ask what you can do for your church and uh, what you can do for others, of course. 
There's that poem, Others, Lord, that this my motto be, uh, that I may live for others as I, as I live for thee, of course. And so uh, the key to joy is Jesus, others, yourself. And I'm afraid that baby Christians, of course, it's all about them. them. It's all about themselves. It's all about what, what can this organization or this church do for me? What can the word of God do for me? How about what can we do for others, of course? Jesus came to serve, not to be served, of course. And so uh, we had, carnal Christianity is, has a tendency to be selfish. Letter F, a tendency to be jealous. And I put down all of 1 Corinthians 12. It's not all of it, but at least the last half of it deals with this subject of it's leading up to chapter 13 and chapter 14. They talk about tongues, of course, and there were many Christians in the Corinthian church that they wanted tongues so bad, and uh, it was a gift, of course, and uh, it was a sign gift to the Jews, and we'll get there when we get there in several months from now if the Lord tarries. But uh, uh, they were jealous and envious of one another, and, and kids get jealous. They don't like somebody, if somebody, they have a, some kid has a toy they don't have, they want that toy, of course. And... Uh, they, they're, they're, they're mad that their parents didn't give them uh, that same toy or what have you, of course. And so a tendency to be jealous. Then letter G, uh, a tendency to disagree and fuss. Again, verse number three, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Notice how many times you've seen these words, by the way, in chapter one and two, and we'll see it in chapter four as well and throughout this book and throughout Second Corinthians as well. These words, envying, strife, division. Are you not carnal and walk as men? And so we see the, this tendency to disagree in 2 Corinthians 12, 20. Paul said near the end of the second epistle that he wrote to this church at Corinth, for I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you as such as I would and that ye shall be found unto you such as you would not. Lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, Strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. And so we have a tendency to disagree. We ought to work at agreeing and loving and uh, being peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is the kingdom of God. And so a baby has a tendency to disagree and fuss and pout and whine and cause strife and wrath and envying and debates and on and on we could go. Then letter H, a babe has a tendency to be a hero worshiper. We see in verse number four, for while one saith, this is the third time we see this in these first three chapters. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, and another, are, are you not carnal? Of course, some said I'm of Peter, and some said I'm of Christ. And of course, they were, they were hero, hero worshipers. A tendency to be hero worshipers and look to man instead of to look to Christ. And you'll fall every time you look to man. Of course, the arm of flesh will fail you. Don't, don't look to man. Don't look to a pastor. Don't look to a preacher, an evangelist, or some superstar uh, prayer warrior. Uh, they, they or he or she could fall very easily. We look to Christ, looking at Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. Letter I, uh, the carnal babe, they need to be taught when they should be teaching. In Hebrews 5, verse 12, let me read verses 12 through 14. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So it's all right to be a babe when you're a babe. It's not all right to be a babe when you're 20 years old. It's not, God wants us to grow up. Verse number 14 says, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age 
even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What am I trying to tell you, among other things? I'm trying to tell you, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to get mature in Christ. We can reach spiritual godly maturity in this earth here and now. And then letter J, J for uh, hurrying along here. The last point of a uh, trademark or characteristic of a babe in Christ or a babe is they think, they think about running away. And some really do run away. Evidently, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Demas once was a great servant of the Lord, but the Bible says Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And we could go to Luke 15 and read about the prodigal son. And I could look back in my annals of my last four decades, five decades, trying to serve the Lord. And I've seen many Christians fall by the wayside and uh, fall back into carnality and be defeated. And we, we haven't, in our family, in our church family, we have this ongoing issue of people, uh, babes in Christ, and need encouragement and need help handing help hand up uh, uh, and uh, uh, help uh, maybe rescue the perishing, care for the dying, and rescue the backslidden Christian or the prodigal son and love them, of course. And so fourthly, the carnal man is a saved man many times. The carnal man is, a fle is fleshly. The carnal man is like a babe. But fourthly, the carnal man acts like a lost man. We act like a lost man when we're, we're not lost. We're saved. We're blood-bought and blood-washed. Blood Second Timothy, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible has to tell us that Lot, uh, wicked Lot, was just Lot. And uh, Lot, of course, was lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, of course, and we're close to living in Sodom and Gomorrah here in our, in our country, of course. And, uh, but he was, the Bible says he, just Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with his unlawful deeds. Here was a saved man, a just man in the Old Testament that was a follower, supposed to be a follower of Jehovah, but you would have never known him by his lifestyle. And uh, the Bible had to tell us, the Lord has to tell us that he was, we're going to meet Lot in heaven. And uh, he was a righteous man, and yet he was carnal, and he, he was vexed his righteous soul from day to day. And so what does 1 Corinthians 3, 4, 1 to 4 try to tell us? It's trying to tell us that we need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to be turned into a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We need to study to show ourselves approved. We need to work at our unity and work at our love. And, uh, you know, the Bible teaches just as much about unity and love as it does about separation and division, of course. And we see separation and division all the way through the Bible from Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. God divided the light from the darkness. There's much preaching on separation, but there's much preaching on unity. And these first four chapters of 1 Corinthians deal with the subject of, of unity. And so we're going to sing here, and I'm closing our service here tonight. I'd like to sing... Uh, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God here. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight, dear God. Thank you for all that came out to hear your word tonight preached and pray for our teens downstairs and our kids. Lord, dismiss thy blessing as we go our separate ways here in just a few moments. Bless this, your family, your church, dear God. Help us to be mature in Christ, we pray. And Lord, bless as we uh, close out our service tonight, we pray in Jesus' name I ask. Amen.